You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jessica Lynn Verde. And I'm Mike Richards. And we're the hosts of Mission Log, The Orville. We look at every episode to break it down from messages, morals, and meanings. We'll be with you every step of the way from episode one to season three when it premieres on Hulu on June 2nd. You can find our show everywhere you listen to podcasts or you can go to podcast.roddenberry.com. We'll see you in the stars. Not if I see you first. for this you rolling i'm rolling because why not there's no reason not to be i'm not definitely going to use the top of this but also we can because it's a co- it's a podcast that doesn't it doesn't matter this podcast i've heard like so many episodes of your show i know I, the deal exactly and that i just i don't know how to stress how much that means to me so i'm glad to ha- i'm glad well i had to especially i had to list it before i came on i mean come on I don't think I don't think you have to. Yes, you do. I well, you are a professional though. That's Thank fair. you. I but notice like, you're not doing the gimmick a lot. What's the gimmick? The older, younger thing. Mostly because this is it because is all... literally all of your guests are old? No. Oh. Most of the guests most of the guests are my age. That's what I meant. I I'm old see. I'm older than you. Wait a minute. Is this other guy like 60? No. Because <laughs> you're the you're the boomer. He's the zoomer. No, 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 no. So that's just the topics that we cover. Mm-hmm. He is the zennial. I'm the millennial. How old is this kid? He's fit 42 or 43. Okay, so you've done this all wrong. He's just out of touch. Is I have two. I've done this. Your gimmick? I've done it twice. (laughs) I literally had a show called Boomer versus Zoomer. We ran for 25 episodes. I was 38, and the other guy was like 21. And now I got another show uh, that I do on my Patreon. I'm 39. I'm turning 40 literally any day now. Oh, my God. And I'm on with a 19-year-old. <laughs> well, I guess I have to have you both on as guests now. You you are, but you know, I would actually love to. But yeah. you know, you're not a boomer. Well, but but the thing is, the word boomer now means something different because oh. uh, the internet. Yeah, bec- the word boomer became popular, repopularized. I see by this meme called the 35 year old boomer. Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, that's also why Monster Energy is super popular. Like, there's a classic meme. It's like a 35-year-old man holding a white Monster Energy drink just complaining about Fortnite because uh-huh. he wants everything to be Warcraft 3. So Got it's like, it. that's the gag. And so that's why they call me the Boomer. But do you think Fortnite should be like Warcraft 3, World of, World of Warcraft 3? No, I mean, okay. Warcraft 3 was an RTS. Fortnite's got too much building in it, though. You know what they don't? You know what they did with the last update? They were they like, took the building out. They were like, no more forts. Now it's well, just night. What the hell? It is nice. 
by the way. I agree. It's that being said. So I got into Fortnite for the first. How do I? I'll I'll backtrack. I have a brother who is just on the cusp of uh, Zoomer and Millennial. So how old is how old is it? He's twenty six or going to be twenty six. He should be your co-host. Now (laughs) this is making sense. Now the gimmick. Works okay. Please continue. <laughs> it's a catch-all just to do a podcast and talk about current events, and then look at it through the lens of maybe because I'm older now. Really, what this podcast was was uh-huh. me coming to terms with not being in the relevant generation anymore, with not being in the key demo. Yeah, it okay. was my heart. It was difficult. It's, I all of a sudden I realized I'm the one who's going. Oh, those kids. And it was really more of a way for me to grapple with the changing tide of the Zoomer nation. Okay. But also to catch Nick up to speed to being a normal human being that understands most cultural references, which he does not. So, yes, he's 42, but he might as well be 65. But you don't really understand them either. You didn't even know where Boomer comes from. Uh, hold on. Boomer is baby Boomer. I didn't know. You can't hold. You can't know every single meme under the world. It's a big one not to know. The 35-year-old Boomer never heard That's, of it. It's a big one. That's <laughs> why the word Boomer is back. When we're talk- Look, all the okay, actual boomer. baby Doomers are dead. Yes, no, that's not That's true. where OK Boomer came from. It came from making fun of the 35-year-old Boomer. People like me. <laughs> that's not Hold on. Baby Boomers are 65 right now. They are no, not dead. They're not. They're older. Oh, Baby. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're because right. Because right. because the whole thing was everyone came back from World War II and started fucking. This is and true. And then they had babies. So they're 80. The they're yeah. 80. They're dead. Yes. They're 80 right now. Life so expectancy not- in America is going down. Especially recently. And here's the thing. That joke, it'll probably be relevant for a while, so I'm not super worried. I don't think you need to be worried about that because it's political and poignant. That's what I'm saying. Hey, are you listening to this in uh, 2026? Something (laughs) just happened. (laughs) Something just happened. Mm -hmm. And and because our politicians did nothing about it. Yeah. But look, I also think it's my fault. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight with you for a second. Yeah, let's do it. This is my, here's my take. Okay, I got it. One of these days, I'm gonna be in a sizzler, and shit is gonna start going down. Right. And right. I'm gonna say to myself, you know what? I probably should have, probably should have called my congressman more. This one's on me. Like every day, I wake up and I don't do shit. I watch wrestling. I play <laughs> video games. Like. I'm not holding anybody's feet to the fire. So when it happens to me, I'm going to be like, yup, I saw this one coming. I deserve this. You don't, and I know you don't, and no one does, and I know you know that. The the saddest reality. Yeah, that's not funny. My thing was funny, though. Your your thing was too real. It was hysterically funny. (laughs) You can't tell me what's funny and what's not funny. I just did. Okay, That's what boomers do. We're hegemonic about our worldview, but please continue. I'm, no, I'm actually, do me a favor. Yes. Do me a favor. Define hegemonic for me. Like, um, in I mean, contextually, like in control of the guiding light of, like you know, people consider like the global culture to be like an American hegemony because it, I mean, you know, because it's like we set the tone of the monoculture. 
Understood. So I've never heard the term used before. And I've learned in my 36 years of life to not assume, although contextually, I tend to glean the proper definition, but then I misuse it. I will use hegemonic later on in my stream and incorrectly unless I get the correct definition ahead of time. Yeah, but no, it'll, no one's going to call you on it because they don't want to look stupid. And That's the great thing about big, dumb words. Like, <laughs> we can use them with impunity. If you're confident <laughs> enough, you're fine. That By the said, way, I learn. I'm almost, I almost guarantee I gave you the wrong definition. But did you hear how confident I was? I believe everything That's you're saying exactly right now. You're right. That's I'm what you got to have. Where were you in my life as a teenager? Truly. Oh, I don't know. We're only three or four years apart. Long Island. It was okay. boring. Let's talk about Did you grow up in it. California? Where'd you, where'd you, where'd of you course I did. I'm a valley girl. You guys invented sushi in the valley. Did we? Is that true? <laughs> well, I used to live there. It's like the the American conception of sushi, apparently, yes. is a valley construct. That doesn't shock me because there's also excellent – well, I have nothing to compare it to because the majority of the sushi that I've consumed – excuse me <laughs> – is in the valley. God bless. Thank you. Yes. But our sushi is really great. Yeah. Why do you think there's so much mayonnaise in it? It's mostly mayonnaise. That I'm not. That I consume. understand. You, yeah. I, I could have gleaned that without. I can. Con, I could have assumed because it's an American. I, I know it's not Japanese style. There are a couple places in the valley though that will not alter your order. They will oh, serve yeah. it to you the way that they that is the chef is making it. And if you ask for some fucking mayo, they're kicking you out of the restaurant. I went to a place once in the valley. It had instructions telling me. How to apply the wasabi. It was like, you don't dip the sushi in the wasabi. You put a tiny bit of wasabi on the sushi. On the sushi. We don't want to see you doing this wrong. And it's like, I've always remembered that. Because they big-timed me. And I believed them. You know, they were very confident <laughs> they about so their confident. wasabi application techniques. They could have been totally clowning yeah, you. And you would never know. Although, I have heard that, too. And the other thing I learned about sushi that this is such an American thing is you peel apart the wooden chopsticks and then you shave them like you like, mm -hmm. and that is the most tacky thing you can do. That's what it, I've heard. Right. Yeah. So you're basically saying to the chef, you're you have crappy chopsticks. Yeah. Well, they do. They're made. They're, they're, they're made of shitty balsa wood. I mean, they should get the chopsticks that you can go wash. Hello, you're saving money and the environment while you do it. And it's but if classier. you do have, if exactly, and if you do have to shave it, you put it, you do it under the table. Yes. And quietly. then apparently, if you put apparently, if you put your sushi sticks, your chopsticks, because it looks like a gravestone. Is that why? That's why it's bad luck. Yes, because it looks like a grave marker. I thought it was just death to the chef. Like the rice is bad to like put it, like stick it. So basically what I'm trying to say, for those mm -hmm. that don't know, if you take your chopsticks and stick it into the rice, it's saying death to the, sh the chef. That's what I heard. You heard wrong. Gravestone. But you heard something close. It's super it's close. Death it's much like Beverly Hills adjacent. It's death adjacent. <laughs> it looks like a grave marker. Oh, it so turns your whole sushi meal into Halloween, and they don't like that in these valley <laughs> restaurants. They're not big fans. <laughs> All right. So no mm -hmm. one – I think our worlds don't cross over very much, which I'm they excited. They do. They cross over a ton. Well, okay. Then let's let my audience know who you are. All right. But I want to be quick about it because 
No one knows who I am, and they won't care when I'm gone. I'm a stereos Kokodos. I'm a comedian. Did improv in Los Angeles for, well, I, started, I first, took my first improv class in LA when I was 18, I think. Wow. Yeah, and then I did, did it at Improv at Iowa West, did it at UCB, RIP. and did all these other places. Then I started to do stand-up. Then I, and then another stand-up got me a job in advertising, and I've been working in advertising for about 15 years. Wow. And then uh, at some point, I started doing a ton of podcasting because it's my favorite medium because it would keep me sane on the, when I would have to take the 405 to work every day. I'd listen to little podcasts. Oh. And, um, and then, you know, and in New York, now I'm living in New York City. And so, like, you know, before the pandemic, you were on the train. Sometimes I was on the train for like three hours a day. On a work. Really? Yeah, it was terrible. And so, listen, podcasts like were the only things that kept me sane. And uh, we got my show, The Loudest Podcast, which I do with my fiance. We, I didn't uh, know that. It's great. You'd love it. I, I, I 100% will. I can't yeah. wait to listen to it. Yeah, it's real good. And uh, and and uh, what's the deal? And so, like, we have like a lot of people that tell us, like, you know, we I listen to you all day at work. I'm a post office guy. I listen to you all day at work. I'm a truck driver. I listen to you all day at work, and that's why we do it. We're all just trying to keep each other sane. And we're like cultivating not necessarily like minded people, but people that like. I feel like there's. I'm not trying to get high-handed about it. There's a responsibility I feel I have by having enough public visibility to be authentic and honest, learn in real time, accept when I fuck something up, and try and help other people through that as well. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yes. I say that because I fuck up a lot. And I am a lot of – well, I say the first thing that comes to my head and it's usually, as an extrovert, I think you can relate. I don't, I outwardly process. I don't inwardly process. I'm a mixed rovert. I think improv makes us ambiverted. That's my theory. Ambiverted? No, That's no, no. We don't mixtro- say that anymore. Mixed roverted. Mixed <laughs> I should have yes anded you, which is something that you do so well. I won't tell people Thank exactly you. what we're doing and why, but Bye. that we are working on a podcast together wherein we play a TTRPG and you are the uh, the game master and it's fucking amazing. Thank you. It's a lot I'm, of fun. I'm having a blast. It's a lot of fun, the show we do. We got an editor, big time editor. He's a guy that edits, um, uh, what is it? Uh, the, the loudest the flop house. No, that guy. No, that guy's cool though. I love that guy. But uh, he edits the Flop House. It's a big, big podcast, and um, our show is going to be laden with original music and sound effects and laser guns and doors opening, and it's an underwater thing, so submarine noises. It's going to be a lot of fun when it eventually comes out. I fucking can't wait. You do so many podcasts. I wonder if you. I mean, are you always exhausted? Always. I could say the same to you. I, no. Well. You. Well. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about me. Fine. But mm, I'm trying oh, – I'm just so excited to talk, actually talk one-on-one. I felt the same way when I had Philip on too because yeah. I just – I knew immediately when my co-host was going to ha- be on uh, paternity leave. I was like, there's like four or five people I need to have. You and Philip were up there because also just having this separate time with you two was exciting. You are probably similar to me where the majority of my friends are people that I work with. Is yes. that true? Very similar, yeah. You're yeah, literally ma- going to marry your podcast host. Oh, big time. <laughs> you know Can't what I mean? Wait. Yeah. No, 
Yeah, I got a lot. Of, it's a lot, a lot of, it's, there's a lot of funny people online. A lot of funny people making podcasts. A lot of funny people on Twitch and on YouTube. It's fun to hang out with these people. Like, um, I worry about you specifically, Jessica. Why? Because you do so many things. Hold on. Like, I'm the one who's worried about you and your daytime career currently. And, and yet... You show up with such energy. First of all, no one's ever worried about me. Thank you so much. I am. But, but you show up with so much energy, and you're present, and you're available, and you're fucking awesome. Like, I, I see it because I know I do that, too. Yeah. But I – so I – let's get on the topic of burnout. I okay. have learned to not overcommit. Well, you've learned it poorly. How you, many – how I make it, many I make it look like I'm busier. Well, okay. No, actually, that's I'm not. Cool, actually, actually, I never. I actually post less mm-hmm. on the internet than what I actually do. To be fair, so like I do maybe one episode a week of the Sci-Fi Five, which is really just ten minutes of recording for a five-minute podcast, and I edit it for them so that they don't have to deal with me going um uh, and not being able to pronounce something. It's more a vanity issue, and so I send that off. I hardly tweet about that. I do the Orville podcast and. I'll tweet, you know, now that the Orville's back, I will be on the hobby horse of that. Yeah. Um, also, Seth MacFarlane loves our podcast. And New also, Frontiers. I, I, that I'm excited about too. Um, so that takes up some time. And then this Twitch. So here's what I didn't realize. Uh-huh. Just to answer, I think, the question you're asking. What actually exhausts me the most is Twitch streaming. And I didn't realize it was exhausting me because I enjoy it so much. Let me tell you what the problem is with Twitch streaming. Let's, let's go. One wrong move and you're done. <laughs> no. One wrong move and you're done. <laughs> I've not experienced that yet. But my, my, because my community is small enough. Literally, I accidentally undressed in front of them the other, like two weeks ago. That's not a wrong move. That's a common mistake. Well, what's a Bl- wrong... <laughs> I knew literally earlier in the day, I was like... You know, it's strange that they haven't accidentally seen me in my bra yet or something. And it to- like they saw my full moon in my undies. I mean, I'm okay with it because whatever. I can't, ch- I can't unspill that milk. That's right. Do you right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what do you mean by wrong move then? Because there's no net. There's no editor. But like, what do you think is uh, a wrong move? It, like, what, like, what would you classify as it? Like, being a blatant racist, now you're out? Or, like, or saying something incorrectly? Or... Hmm. You know what? Let me let me see if I can give you a good answer. Yeah. Like, um, because I want one for I, myself. No, of course. I think a very good example is the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. Okay. Where, to me at least, it seems pretty clear that these are two fucked up people mm-hmm. who fucked with each other a lot. Mm-hmm. In a dysfunctional relationship. Yeah, but I like my take better. Well, These are fucked up people who fucked with each other a lot who were just like, no, fuck you. No, fuck you. We got tapes of it. But here's the thing. There's a, there are certain people out there who will hear that and they'll be like, yeah, but, but my bubble tells me that Johnny Depp did this and this and that. And there'll be other people out there that are like, well, my bubble tells me that this lady pooped in the bed. <laughs> and it's like, and the thing is, there are people who will make it their mission to destroy you for having a milk toast or possibly uninformed take because they got nothing better to do that day. 
But like, wake up and be on. And by the way, it is ninety percent Team Johnny. But even saying that, oh, now these Johnny people are going to be saying, oh, stereo sticks, this and this and that, huh? Doesn't think Amber Heard was a blah blah. This is like, yeah. And even the way I'm describing it currently I'm could get you care- have a fire. Well, not me. No, well, no, no. I'm not worried. I'm a PR professional. I worked for the world's largest PR agency. Oh my but God. I mean, someone like you, some lady who just starts talking, saying the first <laughs> thing that comes to her mind, starts calling out people's scars, or if they if they if they've got like a weird thing on their face that comes right out of your mouth, right? You'll get canceled. Are you trying to sandbag me right now? Is there something I did to you to hurt your feelings and you're here to call me out on it? Is that what sandbagging is? I call it sandbagging. Okay. Like you put a sandbag on an air balloon. I think this is what it's from. So you weigh it down. I I don't know what sandbagging is. But, but those I, air I, balloons need those sandbags, right? I, I need them. So that's yeah. why I'm saying I will, if I, if I say something and my chat's like, you shouldn't have said that. That was dumb. I'll go, you know what? You're right. Because in one fell swoop, I'll go, you know what? I didn't know what I was saying. Because let's put it this way. I have cultivated a persona, I think. Not cultivated. I live this life honestly in real life too. If I fuck up something, I want to be corrected and I want to hear someone else's perspective i didn't obviously I, you know I, I am off the cuff so much that something might fly out of my mouth and i'm quick to go yeah i didn't i didn't i needed more information thank you for that like yeah. essentially being called out I'm, I'm i'm comfortable with that you know what i like what the cuff being <laughs> on the cuff i need the warm safety of the cuff you can hide in that cuff, make a little house in that cuff. I recently bought property in the cuff. Congratulations. Thank you. Off the cuff. Oh, my God. And the thing is, you're on Twitch, four hours, you're playing a video game. After a while, you forget you're on TV. You forget what? that, like, everything's being recorded. Then all of a sudden, next thing you know, moon's over my hammy for Twitch.tv. <laughs> I don't know that I'm saying such horrible things, though. I think I think you're right, though, that anything can be extrapolated. One person could take one bad accent I did. Someone can, you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I accidentally did like a Rastafarian accent, and that was not good. You know what? I swear to God, hand <laughs> to God. I also recently, because my mother is uh, Trinidadian, and recently on The Loudest Podcast... I did an impression of my mother talking about St. Ives products. Love you know this. what I said? I love this so much. You know what I immediately said? What? Hey, a uh, quick note to my editor. Cut that out. And then it was cut. Yeah. I'm yeah. in the cuff. <laughs> You're off the cuff. It's so true. It's true. You're not. Hmm. It's just. Oh, you know that the majority of my bread comes from acting. I and do. currently, it's commercial work, which yeah. does mean I need to be cautious about the way I present online and in the real world. Like, I can't run around talking about McDonald's, you know, having anti-vomit chemicals in case I go on a McDonald's commercial tomorrow. They do? The, apparently, fast food restaurants, Jack in the Box, at one point had anti-vomit uh, chemicals. Well, I could understand Jack of the Box needing those, yeah. Because you're eating rancid shit. So my theory is if you're sick, 
and you have like the flu, go to Jack in the Box, get a burger, right? It's the same as that shit that makes you not poop anymore. I don't need it anymore. But what's the stuff that makes your diarrhea stop? That makes your diarrhea stop? There's like a di- there's a diarrhea stopper. Yeah. That's possible? Yes. <laughs> I needed this at one point in my life. But you're an actress. Your face. The thing is, that's a faucet that you got to turn. <laughs> you turn that faucet, and then there's another faucet that money comes out of. Right. You got to, if you're an actress, and look, I'm not I lost this to you. Mm-hmm. I, I lost my favor with BuzzFeed because of diarrhea. I couldn't stop. Well, I called I wanna, out. Now I want to hear this. So. No, it's as simple as that. I had done a yeah. job with them. Uh-huh. They called me and like, hey, Jessica, can you do this job tomorrow? Someone else dropped because I'm buds with them now. And yeah. then the next day I woke up with fluish feelings yeah. and a, what I thought was a fever. And I literally was about to get onto the on-ramp to go to the, from the valley to the city. Yeah. And I was like, I have to take a shit right now, and I can't do this job. So I <laughs> I texted, said, I'm so sorry, guys. My, You know, I'm not doing well. And they never called me again because I'm not reliable. But now I need to take the anti-diarrhea pill and show up to fucking work. You just got to wear a big diaper. I could have. You'd like that astronaut lady with the murder plan. See, that's the thing. What is that's- that? Asterios, we're going to have to have like a three-parter. Okay, well, there was an astronaut. Okay. Who, uh, I mean, <laughs> look, the diaper is the funniest part of this story, and I've don't already blown the punchline. Wear, huh? Don't astronauts wear diapers? Don't, like, poop, doesn't poop get stuck out of their butt? Sucked out oh, of their butt? yes, of course they do. But on planet, on terra firma, they traditionally don't. I Except see. this one lady did, because she was like, I'm going to go murder I'm gonna go murder my my lover's spouse, and I don't want to stop at all on the way to this murder room. So jazzed for this murder, so she wore a diaper so she wouldn't have to get off the freeway to go to the bathroom. This lady had a plan, and when they caught her, she was all diapered up like Jesus. baby Huey. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's like, what. Mm-hmm. Did she not want to go to the bathroom so that she didn't? Think about it and go, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. But she had enough force. That's what my instinct says. She's like, I don't want to have the opportunity to stop the car. If I stop the car, I might think I'm not going to do this. But she still had the foresight to go, I'm going to strap a diaper on. That's, that's how. The- that's, fright- that's frightening. That's the astronaut way. You don't become an astronaut without having to plan A through Z. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, she, if she had taken a plan A through D, which would be Imodium AD, she wouldn't that's, have I'm had talking diarrhea. about Imodium. I know that's what you've been talking about the whole time. I've just been waiting to bring it around. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I was bothering me. That's okay. A through D, Imodium. Mm-hmm. I got it. I'm here to help. <sighs> so, the loudest podcast. What are you guys talking about? Oh, right I don't want to talk about me anymore. I want to talk. It, that's the whole point of having I you. So I get to know you. Culture. I want to do the culture Great. thing. Okay. What okay. are the kids doing now that I can yell at them for? Wearing bucket hats. Again? I have a. I have a problem with it. <laughs> now, you've got my attention. <laughs> They're back. 
they're back. Are they Kangol branded? I don't think so. I think are they, they for us or by us? No, they're no! not. They're what? Not. And the whitest chicks in Silver Lake are wearing them. Okay, well, first off, <laughs> I'd like to point out something very quickly. Great, let's go. Young, skinny, attractive people can, can make pull up literally anything. any. Yes, it's like they're what's working about the outfit, not the hat. Okay, okay. You're, you're totally right, by yeah. the way. Because yeah. I lived in the 90s when we tried crop tops and halter tees and low rise plants, which I have to give them credit, they are doing high rise pants and, you know, straight legs or like vintage cuts. So I'm glad because yeah. I don't do well in the low rise. The seven jeans and all those things were, were not my body type. But these motherfucking halter tops, no matter what height your pants are, never looked good. I mean, I wasn't not skinny. It wasn't, I was, but like it just wasn't for my body. And you're totally right. If you're wayfish, yeah. you can wear those outfits and they look just fine. But they weren't good in the 90s. And I'm sticking to that. Yeah. No, no, no. No, these bucket hats are bad because <laughs> they make your head. The point of a hat <laughs> is that it's supposed to make your head look taller, more ovoid. Everybody wants to have a big egg for their head with the bucket hat. That widens your head out. That widens your head out. Makes your head look more like a golf ball. Right. Or a malformed egg. Some sort of disgusting Like a, a sunny side up egg. <laughs> Actually, I would wear a sunny side up egg bucket hat. Like if Whoa. it was a yellow. Me too. Wouldn't you? And then the, the white trim is the yolk. Or the, the yellow is the yolk in the head. And then the white trim is the egg white. I would wear that. Are you aware of that Japanese suicidal egg? Yep. I couldn't remember his name, but he's a, he's a, um, I didn't realize he's a Sanrio character. Yes. Which I love that. I love that. It's just like, hello, kitty, suicidal egg. I think it's Gudetam. Gudetam. Yeah. Gudetama. Yeah. I think it's Gudetama. Yeah. He's that sad. Guy. He's sad. He want. he just wants to die. <laughs> this poor sweet egg. And if you look. You put him on a bucket hat. I'm wearing that hat all day. That's what I'm so I would wear that bucket hat. And the thing is, is I've come to the age where I will put a visor on my head or I will put, you know, a big floppy hat or a bucket hat on my head to protect me from the sun. Yes. I don't care about what I look anymore. No. In some regards. I have yes. a fanny pack that I wear to Comic-Con. And you know what? I fucking love it. Those came back a couple of years ago, though, right? These fanny packs? I think it started coming back with dad core or like norm core. Okay. And I think people started going, well, look at how efficient it is. Why would, like, Bid, I think Bid, Big Bud Press started developing their own and they're kind of cute. And like, they not, I think practical clothing started making more sense, right? Yes. I'm so seeing these NYU kids wearing fanny packs. I tell you what. I'm seeing her wearing fanny packs. And I'm just like, you look, you guys look great in this. It's not the fanny pack. It's the fact that you're all 19, 20, 21. You don't have a care in the world. But like still, the fanny pack, it's not hurting things. I think the final frontier, the zenith, the event horizon, uh -huh. is the cargo pant 
because it can't happen. It won't happen. I genuinely don't think it will. But if it did, that would because look, if we're doing bucket hats and fanny packs, the cargo pant makes if you, who doesn't want more pockets? Oh, all the I have a dress and it has pockets, says a lady. <laughs> oh, I love it when the dress has pockets. I got an email the other day from Refinery29, and it okay. was like 29 dresses and they've all got pockets. That's fucking amazing. I was like, I'm not gonna well, I'm not gonna read this, but I'm glad. But you know what to get your soon-to-be wife if That's, you need an outfit yeah, to exactly. get her. God damn, does she love pockets? Do you know why pockets are a big issue for women, though? I assume because most of your outfits don't have pockets because you want them to be form-fitting. Not you, because the clothing designers want them to kind of be form-fitting and have a slighter silhouette. That would be the theory. But the actuality or the conspiracy is either no pockets or short pockets, so your bitch has to get a purse. Yo. I know. so much goddamn sense. I know. My fiancé is into... Hardcore counterfeit purses. <laughs> I am Does com- she sit on the sidewalk trying to hawk them? No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amateur okay. counterfeit pursery. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. She is part of these subreddits. Oh and God. and it's these ladies that that trade the phone numbers of women through WhatsApp in China. And these women work at these factories that, like, are just, like, she's bought Chanel purses, and it, they, they come with, like, a card with a serial number on it. She's bought, um, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Hermes bags that, like, come in an Hermes box, and then they're wrapped in tissue paper with the Hermes logo and an Hermes sticker. Like, the entire, ex- it, like, counterfeit purses this is the deal now so she's part of the dark web yeah and she's like in deep she's like mafia style yes and apparently this is impressive the chinese ladies who she talks to they think that americans want to be called dear so let yes. me give you the example. So it's like they'll be like, "Hello, dear. Yes, dear. Mm-hmm. We got your order, dear. Mm-hmm. Like expect something soon, dear." And she get and she's hitting up people at multiple factories, and they're all calling her dear. Wow, that's the thing. They think we like it, and now wow. I kind of do. Well, it's lovely. It feels like I'm working at a, a deli where you know some like a brassy woman just served me cold steak fries. Here you go, dear. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes. I feel uh, like. That's also true of people from Thailand. My father frequents the country of Thailand and the Philippines often. Mm -hmm. And in exchanges, it's like hun or like these shortening. I know. I think you're right. That deer is. And you know what? It's got to be because one lady said deer. Yes. And no one corrected them. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, that's that's it's that is how we are polite to Americans. I want to jump back to something that you said. Great. Do you edit this podcast? No, unless I have to. Okay, can you edit this part? Absolutely. All right, what was that? It was something. Wait, 
Oh, what? I'm not editing you thinking about something. That's not happening. Well, then I'll hold up a photo. I'll hold up a drawing of Muhammad if that's what it's going to take. <laughs> no one sees this I'll video. I'll hold one up. Okay. I well, would actually. I'll describe him physically. That being very said, handsome. Uh, that's right. That being said, if I would respect your wishes. No, me. no, no. Ah, uh, no! I totally forget. Oh, I whatever. To go back and talk about something that I mentioned. What was it? It was before you said hun. It was okay. before you talked about your dad going to Thailand. Yes. In the Philippines. Saying dear. Brassy. We got to start calling young women brassy too. I feel like you shouldn't have to wait until you're an older woman to get the brassy card. This like, is a hill to die on. I'm going to agree with you. If Imagine this. Like, you know what we call young women who are brassy? We call them plucky. And I would much rather be brassy. What's your take on this? I would agree 100%. If you're calling me plucky, I'm also assuming you're calling me, like, like Zuftig as well. I don't know why, but I'm taking it as a negative. And I also hate Moxie now that you're yes. talking about it, yes. by the way. Because yes. only Annie can be called Moxiness. And you know who's brassy? Ash Nico. You're damn right she is. She's brassy. And Doja Cat's kind of brassy, too. Oh, yeah. I'll look. Moxie. Plucky. (laughs) Someone who has spunk. Oh, fuck it. I hate it. (laughs) These are all things that we call female reporters who get endangered. And happy to be rescued by Superman or Ed Asner's character from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Wow. You never have to rescue someone who's brassy. No one had to rescue Maud. <laughs> I mean, there's an argument that love rescued her or, or freed her. And it's an argument that I would not argue with. <laughs> it's an argument I'm, 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 It was I'm more going. a conception than yeah. it was a human. Yeah. Exactly. That's Are we going to make a rom-com? Is this what our purpose is, is to make a rom-com set in a deli? I know. Yes. It could I've be called Your Numbers Up. <gasps> and it's about an older lady who's dying, and she wants to, like, find the last love of her life. And so, and then, like, she meets a guy who has, like, a very difficult order, and he's like eating the things wrong, and then like they teach each other. It would be it's the it's the all new Harold and Maude. Speaking of Maude, I'm just saying something's there. I counter with the thought that uh-huh. I, I, I. By the way, your number is up. Is the perfect title. Your number's I up. I wonder if it's a difficult customer she's had to wait on for years. Kind of like Emma's husband in Jane Austen was under her nose the whole time. Like, he likes coleslaw. She likes potato salad. Will they ever get along? I, I wonder. And, and she treats dating, or he treats dating like just a number system. Oh, come on. Yes, I know. exactly. He thinks it's a numbers game. He's like, yes. he's one of those, the secret, not the secret. He's one of those, uh. The system guys who's yes. like, I got to get my hundred dates. Yes. And ex- yes, exactly. Which theoretically, statistically, if you get a hundred dates, you probably will find someone you love out of that. That's not, That system does hold up to some extent. Actually, yeah. it's only been told to me by statisticians mm-hmm. who love graphs probably romantically more than they do humans. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it wouldn't work for me. 
Which leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. How did no! you are soon to oh! be future wife? I'm dying to know. Please tell me now. We can just answer it and then we'll move on. <sighs> I'm not famous how, enough for wait, anyone to care about. Here's how mo- I'm going to frame a- it. Okay. In this world where different people meet up, could it be online? Is it at a bar? How do different generations date nowadays? Yeah, on Instagram, you- okay? Did you? Yes. So did she my brother a- and his girlfriend. She was a fan of my podcasting. And then <laughs> she was like, and then she came to New York. To, cause she was like, I want to take a look at at uh, colleges, and then she, and then we started dating immediately, and then, and I think we've been together for five or five to seven years. That's incredible, and it's not, and it's wonderful, and she's super smart, and she's she's incredibly funny, and she knows everything about, like, she teaches me all about cult, pop culture, and much purses. like much like your show should be doing right wow. now. Like, we watch Ninety Day Fiance. Uh huh. We, we watch all, all. We've got Up and Down Discovery Plus. Like, um, she's always she's telling me, oh, this is there's there's a show called Frenemies where this guy named uh, what's his name H one. N one no three H three H one N one is the the pig virus thing. You're damn right, swine flu. What's the name of the guy? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. From frenemy. He's a famous internet man. He's a famous you. Andre, name all the famous YouTubers. Andre three thousand. Keep. Is he a famous YouTuber? No. He could be. Uh, Logan Paul, PewDiePie. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Uh. Scumbag, scumbag. Bo Burnham. Okay, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> um. Bo Burnham was just like. Here's an hour. Here's an hour of. <laughs> here's an hour of my songs I I didn't use. They weren't good enough back then, but I guess they're good enough now. I mean, five years slaps. Yeah, the guy's good. You don't Bo think Burnham. it's you don't and think it's a good, good director? I'm just saying. I like that Bo Burnham's like. Because it's weird for a comedian to release B-sides. I don't think I've ever heard that before. That's actually a really great point. So here's my theory. Okay. I think he wanted to release five years. And 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 so he book like he bookended it with all these other like like outtakes. What I yeah. actually thought was more fascinating than anything was from a creative behind the scenes standpoint, is he's showing you all of the outtakes and you, like the things I could have assumed from watching inside the original, um, you know, special is of course he has a million outtakes. Of course this guy's going insane. Of course he has pee jars behind the camera. He's filming something over and over and over again. And then if you have, he has nine screen captures on top of the one take. That's, I thought that was a cool lens, forgive the pun, into his, into his perspective of how he directed it. That being said, I feel like a fool listening to that chicken song. I feel like a fucking, fucking fool. Look, if you've got to end your special with the suicide hotline phone number, mm-hmm. maybe re- maybe you should reconsider some of your directorial choices. Oh, come on. Just gonna, I'm just putting that out there. It's like, because it, it, at this point... You know, you're making a lower third. Here's what you have to Google. 
national suicide hotline number. Because what if you accidentally only include a suicide hot no- hotline number that's a local or regional? Right. You know you're Bo Burnham. You know yes. you know this is national. Yes. If you're getting to the point where you're, where you're Googling the right suicide hotline phone number to put in your comedy special, it maybe maybe it's time for a couple of tweaks. Do you you really think so? You don't think you don't think it's good content? I think it's a funny opinion to say on a podcast. <laughs> That's why I said it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into a, a debate about whether what art should we be putting out in the world and this and no, the suicide joke. And see, I found a way to make a joke about suicide that does not defame. Oh, and we're not making fun of suicide. That's the thing. You got to be a couple of hops away. That I agree with. Yeah. I think. Comedy nowadays, and you could probably speak to this better than I can, is is half of the set is literally performing foreplay on the audience before you get to the money shot. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you have. I think you can almost say anything as long as you preface everything pro- appropriate. If you get them on the wavelength, and it takes a special kind of person that has an understanding of humans. To get to that, I think. The thing I don't like, mm-hmm. sometimes people like, okay, so like, yeah, I started doing comedy in like the 2000s. And for a long time, if you were white and you found the right way to say the N word, or as I like to call it, the between M and O word, because uh-huh. I don't even like that, the word word, I, I don't agree. even want to be near that letter. I would agree. I actually, thank you. I need that. I love it. I'm taking it. Thank you. Between M and O word, you're I love it. It's all yours. Thank you. Like, I I saw this, um, what's the name of the guy that created Chappelle's show with uh, Neil Brennan? Okay. Neil Brennan doing stand-up. And he's like built this like arcane artifice, like like the Sistine Chapel of setups so he can say the N-word and have it like be like, oh, I'm talking about the word in our culture and this and that, and really what I'm doing is I'm making fun of the people who use the word, and it's like, that's a neat trick you just pulled, but you just did so much work into justifying this, what if you'd spent that same amount of work to tell a joke that didn't have the between M and O word in it? What if we did that? Yeah. I think you completely poked the perfect hole in that because you're you're totally right. Someone's going to abuse that. Yeah. Is, is what it sounds like. It's it's like my my joke that I use all the time is that Quentin Tarantino loves the M and O. Between M and O Loves the between E and G slur, too. Uh, uh, oh, got it. There's a lot of footage of him saying the between E and G slur. Yes. Wow. A lot. So that's what I think is like. I saw him do it live once. No. I was there. At the Cinerama Dome, watching Kill Bill part something. 
Sure. And, out, and it was Thursday night at midnight. And out comes QT, Quentin Tarantino, hands filled with foot porn. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, you know, a lot of people are seeing this because, uh, okay, for listeners, like, you know, like, sometimes you don't have to wait till midnight. Sometimes if it's a big movie, they'll play it at 8 o'clock on a Thursday as well. Got and he it, goes like, it. and he goes like, you could have went to the eight o'clock, uh, eight o'clock movie, but you between E and but uh, that's for between E and G slurf. Uh, I almost said it. I'm glad we're not on Twitch. We're not on Twitch. He says that he calls people who saw the movie two hours earlier that slur, and then everybody claps, and I'm just like, I think I, I was like, can we get this guy out of here? Like, if you clap, you're complicit in that. Yeah, but it was 2004. Oh, well, shock then, culture and edginess ruled the day. Well, and uh, to, this is this is the kind of this is what I'm referring to when I'm talking about what I believe in as someone who's out there with no net. I like talking about the Jessica that used to exist on the playground in fifth grade using that slur because. Yeah. That was of the time. It doesn't excuse it. But my parents were using it. My uncles were using it. And we were all using it. I can clearly remember saying it. Or the... Between F the between and H word. Like saying something is Oh, that well, right. that's... You know what? I'm not even part of the... I'm not even part of the system. And I'm telling you, that's a little bit better. It's still not great. No. But it's a little bit better. As someone who has is watching community right now with my boyfriend who's watching it for the first time, I'm watching it for the fourth time. That word is used a lot and it's not great, but it's also it's hard ugh, it's hard it's hard to talk about it without also conflating yourself with the 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 point that they're trying to make too. But that was 10 years ago that they're using gay as a negative. Or, or what have you? Um, I just know that I did that too, and you can be you can be perpetuating a problem. Yeah, I don't need to tell you that. Of course, now, but I do need to tell you this. Okay. What do you gain from telling this anecdote? Oh my good Jessica, you need someone like me. You, this is why you need a net. No. It's like, what do you think you? What do you think you're? Oh, hey. I used to use slurs too, but now I don't. Look how far I've come. I'm I, Jessica. I used to be bad, but now I'm good. I don't think it's what about me. It's not about me. It's about other people that are reluctant to admit that they can grow too. I believe by sh this is what I truly believe by sharing the arc of growth I've went through from one side to another of how I was raised or what I believed can help others that are defiant and afraid of their identity being changed to go, oh, that's interesting. Can I also be, have a little bit of humility? Can I also go, oh, I fucked that up? I would like to be, I would like to exemplify. But you know what? I actually can also agree that it looks self-inflated. I never meant it to be that way. Or like pious. I truly believe I'd rather go, hey, I wasn't perfect I'm getting there. You can also do that too. I'm gonna. T I'm. I'm uh, listening. I'm, I'm here. This. I'm gonna tell you this. This is. Right. This is the intervention, and here we go. Let's I'm gonna go. tell you. I'm gonna tell you this straight up. Okay. 
the arc that you're describing is a beautiful and powerful arc. Okay. But it works a lot better, for example, when someone's like, I grew up in the KKK, but now I know racism's wrong, and now I go around fighting for reparations. Now that's an arc! You've gone from A to Z there! You! You're like, as a kid, I said this word that a lot of other kids say, and then I grew up, and now I, I don't. Yeah, I don't call it poo-poo or pee-pee either. But you'll notice, poo-poo and pee-pee... Now that's a good topic to talk about on Twitch. You'll never get canceled for that. Here's the advice I give to Zoomers. I'm not kidding. This is the actual advice I give to Zoomers. I'm, I'm hearing you. I go, if you want to be edgy, you just talk about cum. You will never be canceled. You, everybody wants to be edgy. Just start talking about cum. Cum this and cum that. It has nothing to do with someone's race or religion or gender, who they grew up as or wanting to be, who they date or don't date or choose not to date or never wanted to date. You're just talking about cum. And now you're getting the reaction which you want that you want, which is to freak out boomers, which is why you're trying to be edgy in the first place. Thoughts? I love you. I'm here to help. <laughs> so much. And I do talk about cum a lot yeah. <laughs> on my stream. It's funny and edgy. But here's what the Who does it hurt? Here's my arc. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not trying I'm not trying to die on this hill. I was raised that I couldn't talk like that. So when I talk gross, I was told that I could only say ass and that the boys were allowed to say asshole and that it wasn't ladylike to fart in front of people and things like that, which is not shocking. I think a lot of people went through that. So I am trying to be edgy or also learn how to be a different – I'm trying to see what feels good coming out of my mouth, whether it's cum or not. Mm -hmm. and, and at the same time, I feel dirty when I do it. But then I wonder if – I'm doing the wrong thing because women shouldn't talk that way. And well, I wonder if you know I'm hurting my career. Part, you know that last part's wrong. But you were allowed to say ass. But not asshole. Did this I, conversation happen? 100%. Your mom or dad? No, my father. So my father had a uh -huh. very strict way <laughs> about how women should be in order to be ladylike. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the examples he imparted. You said you can say, he said. Jessica, young, don't say asshole. You should say ass. Women should never say asshole. Do you think he was trying to meet you halfway? Uh. Or do you think your dad's like, ladies say ass. That's what they say. <laughs> halfway, yes. But my brother wasn't getting the same conversation. Your it wasn't... brother was allowed to say asshole. He could say whatever he wanted. So that's my point. Is like it was specifically because I was a female. He's like, if you got he, what he did say. If I'm remembering it more clearly, he said, if you have to say it, say ass. You know what? That's good parenting, <laughs> because your dad knows that you want to explore this area, but he's giving you like like. Guidelines, markers, beacons, waypoints. He's like even you if it's different for his lady child as opposed to his boy child. No, that's not good. Of course, no double standards are bad. But <laughs> but lemon. But, but yes, he knew how to. My father also he's was he's a wonderful man. He 
for 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 all of I was just talking to my sister about it. For all that he did wrong, he also did right. He he was a man who provided and loved us in his special way. And he knew how to talk to us at the level that we were at. And he got through to us. And he got me to this point in my life as an opinionated person who's alive. He got me there. So I, I'm not disparaging this person. I'm just saying that there were also antiquated thoughts that were drilled into my head about feminism or sexism, about misogyny, about race, about homosexuality, etc. So there's a lot of programming that my mind still filters through, which is also probably why I talk about it. So you could only sing half of that Dennis Leary song. Which is what? Let's go. The Dennis? I don't know it. There's a Dennis Leary song called okay. Asshole. <laughs> it's, look, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great, but... It is a reference, and I do love them so much. I love references. You are so good at you are. So, Thank you. I would, I would, even though I'm your friend, I would expect a free ticket. I would pay money to see your stand-up routine. Well, you know what? I just don't want to have to buy two drinks. How about that? I would never perform at a venue that made you do that. I'm so proud of you. I would I'm no. So... When I do stand-up, I buy the venue, and then I sell the tickets. So and then smart. I'm not. I'm not. I'm because I swear to God, if I go someplace to see somebody and I ask for a water and they bring me a bottle of water. Yes. It's I'm going to turn that place into a car wash. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. It's going to be car wash. That poor there. waitress. Yeah, I know. Exactly. But that, it's that lady's getting water. waxed. That, la- <laughs> that lady's getting whacked. I'll tell you what. There's going to be some underbrushing, under, under, under scrubbing happening there. (laughs) Oh my God. It's hard enough to take time out of one's busy schedule of creating to go to see and support your friend's show and then to be asked to pay for a ticket and then also buy two drinks. It's pretty egregious, but it doesn't happen any other way out here in LA for comedians coming up. I don't know that it does. Yeah, I agree. Seems like a big waste of time out there now. Seems like everyone should just be on the internet. All right, but enough of that. Uh, Enough of the industry. So, your little brother. I love this. (laughs) Marching around the house. (laughs) Going asshole, asshole, asshole. Asshole, asshole. He's banging two pots together. (laughs) He's got a spoon in a pot. And your dad's like. "Hmm." Allowed to date my friends. I was not allowed to date his friends. I'm. I am going to tell you that was a mistake your dad made. And if there are parents out there, the moment you tell your kid they're not allowed to date someone, you have essentially signed their marriage license yes. to that person. Yes, like, 100%. Start renting out a banquet hall and get a nice sculpture, okay? Are we doing Russian-style tapas for the reception? That sounds wonderful. That's what we're doing in my wedding. I knew it. I knew that did, that reference came from didn't come from any nowhere. I knew it. Of course. It. Yeah. I don't know what those are. She does. It sounds amazing. She I have an idea that you're I'm welcome saying. to have if you okay. ever like need a fallback cuz I'm I'll happy to it. give this to you. Brunch tapas. I can, I I'd love to hear an example of one. So, do you like brunch? I'm just going to delete my video for a second cuz I'm I'm backed up and it's bo- it's bothering me. Okay. Do you know do you like brunch at all? No, I'm an alcoholic. 
Got it. The well, only thing about the the reason for brunch is gone. No, that's the whole point. That's why brunch is late, so that you can, so that you can eat late. No, the point of brunch is the unlimited mimosas. I see. Now, for me, that's not true. You go now, to brunch to eat brunch. What about the drinking? I will get sick if I have more than one mimosa because it's too much sugar. I have gotten drunk at a brunch. Absolutely. That's happened. Do but you, I would say my I, main purpose for going out to eat is to eat. So you don't do the thing where you're like, can I get a mimosa without the orange juice? Holy orange juice. No, because even champagne you can have too much of and get sick. You can have too much champagne. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. Now, Asterios, I'm going to be really honest. Yeah. There's a huge streak of alcoholism in my family. Oh. My, but but this is what this is what I'm trying to say. There's that's my my grandfather that I didn't meet died when my mom was 17 from alcoholism. My did I say grandmother or grandfather? Grandfather died at her, her age was 17. My grandmother died at 93. And the only two things she remembered at the end of her life was calling out for her mother and that she drank a glass of wine. That's the only two things she would ask for. My father's father uh, was was belligerent if he didn't have alcohol on his deathbed. These And he was an abusive alcoholic. Um, I you know what the problem with the deathbed is? Hmm. You don't know it's your deathbed. <laughs> you don't think so? Here's because uh, I'm you're... just using your story as an example. Got it. If I'm on my deathbed and I ask for a glass of wine, you fucking get me the goddamn wine. I don't care if you have to break into that little church they have in some hospital and grab that Jesus IV they have and load it up to me. Like I'm on my deathbed over. You're here. totally right, which is why my dad gave him wine when we came over to go your, say goodbye to him. Your dad. Sounds unusually based. It's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. It's, we could spend a whole series unpacking that man. Okay. Just, just, just because he made me, which I'm interesting, but then yeah, it's you're just. damn right you are. It's crazy what's you happening. How many podcasts I get asked to go on and I just don't? <laughs> no. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting in your stupid little discord, okay, to talk about Gundams. What's your favorite kind of Gundam? I like this Gundam. I like that Gundam. And then they email you and you're like, can you tweet out the SoundCloud link to to uh, uh, to someone's in the kitchen with Gundam, the Gundam Wing podcast we recorded by Kitten? It's like, no, I only gave you an hour to have my time. Because you were late. Because you're 19. Asterios, you. that's you're why great. I never ask this of people. I'm taking this as a huge compliment. I don't ever go, here's the link. Here's your promotional stuff. And maybe I should in the future. I don't have a fucking assistant that's doing that for me, though. You know so what you I would do if I were you? What would you I do? I swear to God. Pivot. Total pivot point. You tell people. But after the show, you were fantastic. I loved it. And, by, and go, and by the way, I'm not one of those people that's going to ask you to tweet out the link to the podcast, okay? 
I love that you came on, and I really appreciate your time. Just thank you so much for coming on. I swear to God, they will tweet the they, the moment you said you don't ask for that. I was like, well, then I'm going to tweet it. <laughs> like that's the first thing I thought. I'm not shocked. I'm so happy. But that's 100% to your point. If you don't want your child dating a particular person, don't yes. tell them to not date it. Were this, I bet your brother's friends weren't even that cool. I didn't fall for the trap. I wasn't interested in them all that much. My sister was. And they, like, my sister ruined, as my brother would put it, his best friendship with his friend of, like, six years. Because they got caught in the bathroom together when we were doing a play. So, like, my sister, I, let's put it this way. I didn't really date or kiss a boy. I didn't kiss a boy until I was about 17. I didn't date a boy until I was 19. So even if I was interested, I wasn't, like, giving off the vibe of, like, hey, what's up? My sister was giving off a vibe, and so she would pursue. My brother dated all of my friends. I love your face right now. I'm going to describe you, and I want you to tell me if I'm right. Yes, let's go. Because, look. Table stakes here. Jessica, she's an actress. Yeah. She's got she's a very, she's very TV ready, camera ready oh. look. So I don't think you weren't dating because there were any obstacles from your end. But were you like so weird that like guys would just be like, yeah, she's very pretty, but I, I don't, I, I have no in point here. I don't know what to do. Was that you? Um, I think it's a combination of, of that. Because I thought I wasn't cute. I legitimately uh -huh. thought I wasn't. Yeah. I also remember having a, I've talked to my therapist about this, a distinct conversation with my father in fifth grade about how bad popularity can be. And so I chose to not be popular because girls were mean to me. And so I was like, fine, I don't like popular people. So I like lost potential friends because I was like, I'm trying not to be popular. I but I was also picked on. I was picked on whether that happened or not. So by I women. Was, I was picked on by guys too. What? Yeah. I was picked was on by it guys because too. Because no. You were weird. Maybe. It was not because I was cute, definitely because I was weird. No, like, I we're taking cute out of the equation here. Well weird. I were also got weird? hit by the ugly stick from seventh grade to a about 10th or 11th grade. I'm, it took you a while to come into yourself. That's all I'm going to say. I, okay. I'm a blossomer. Sure. I'm a gossamer blossomer. Okay. I, and I still don't. Well, my esteem was low, so I didn't think I had anything going for me. But I also loved who I was. I was an actor. I was weird. I played the flute. I was the head of the geeks that were in band. Like, I distinctly remember sitting at the head of the long cafeteria table with two rows of geeky dudes from, you know, percussion or whatever. This is why when you do improv, you lean into romance because you didn't have it as a kid. And now it's like this fun color yeah. that you're painting with. Like yeah. you're like the improv show heartbeats or the other things you do. Like, were, is that, I definitely thing? like, well, so this, that is really astute. There's a, I'm going to say yes. Okay, and I don't know. You the, know. No, no. Yes and the story-driven, trained improv improviser in me likes to find that relationship in stories for for story. I, li I like, 
Yeah, because even when I did Fiasco over at Easy Allies, I always found the way to make the triangle. Like the person that showed a stro- like an interest in me, I didn't show an interest in them and tried to go for the other person pretty actively. Because I a, a good story, B, yes, I liked the romance. There was like some, you know, it, it was sexy and titillating in a sense. Yeah. That... Because I think people who like horror are probably going to find the horror elements in a show or whatever. The Like, my top five movies all deal with extreme romance and and loss. So, like, Moulin Rouge or mm-hmm. um, Almost Famous, which is not extreme romance, but that's romance and they don't end up together. Or, <laughs> like, there's a lot of – there's a lot of that. Like, Pride and Prejudice is huge for me. I guess I didn't – I never put it together, though, that it was because I didn't get it. That, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it to me, too. But just to pivot for a second. Yeah. You know, Moulin Rouge on Broadway, they got a big swing. They go out, they go out over the audience. They got a big swing. They do? In the Moulin Rouge on Broadway, these two people, they're in a swing. And they're singing. They're singing. You're like, ah, oh, okay. They're, they're singing in that swing, huh? Suddenly, <laughs> swing starts going up. And you're like, okay. But this is it. Certainly, the swing has reached its zenith. It's just its just a swing that's moving along the y-axis. And then suddenly, it starts moving along the x-axis as well. And they're swinging out over you. And they're singing songs. It's a very sexy time, the Moulin Rouge on Broadway. That sounds awesome. I was against it fundamentally because of the changes in music. Against it's a what strong word. What did they do to it? They added songs that weren't in the movie, so I was afraid to listen to something, to watch a mo- to watch the Broadway show when I was expecting the movie. Does that does that make sense? Like I would be, mm-hmm. I would be digging my own grave in that experience. It's different, and you don't like it because it's different. I was afraid to not like it. Like I have to go. I had to prepare. If I'm going to go see that, I have to go in. Dashing all of my expectations, which I feel like I do better as a human as I've aged because expectations are the the zenith of disappointment. <laughs> you know damn I mean? right they are. They really the are. The event horizon from which hope will never escape. <laughs> Correct. I got, I got a question about the Moulin Rouge musical, musical. Great. Did they take any songs out? I think they did. I think they... I'm I'm not well versed in the lore and what happened, but I know that they updated some of the songs to reflect. So so do you know the movie? Oh yeah. So they wrote Baz Luhrmann and his musical director took those songs so that he seemed like a um, brilliant songwriter uh, ahead of his time. Yeah. So I think in order to update it for the stage, they took early two thousand songs, late two thousand songs, just to update it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. That's I all. Like, I don't like when things are different, Jessica, and I think you agree with me, and I think once I start to explain, you'll agree with me. Okay, okay. I'm here on the ride. Okay. You love podcasts. You love I, I do. You do. Sometimes, though, one of the hosts isn't there. How do you feel? Betray. Yes! <laughs> like, I'm not listening to podcasts that I want to listen to. Yeah, and are you just yes-anding me? No. I didn't think you were. No. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. Keep talking to me. I will go one step further. When I started listening to Armchair Expert, I started at the top. Yeah. And Monica wasn't a 
part of the conversation until yeah. after. Yes. And when they switched to it, it was a hard transition for me. And because it felt it's, forced. Because it's different. I think that's right. Had I jumped in later when she was just a fixture and an awesome fixture, right. that doesn't mean I didn't get over it. Of course. But it was like, like, I would say this about myself. I, I, I can usually feel like something is off. I have a hard time pinpointing why usually. Um, and that's true with my emotions up until I went to therapy. So like I would have emotions and I didn't know why I was feeling a certain way until I went to therapy and got better words for them. I would say words escaped me mm. or and descriptors. And mm. the older I get, the better I'm able to explain the kind of storyteller I am or why I like things, why I don't like things. What I really like, I'm a, I don't know if I'm a purist, but I like experiencing something from its most – I want the cake baked as it's exactly supposed to be baked. Yeah. And then let's add a strawberry to it. And then let's experiment. I want to I have a, I want to have a baseline agreement on what something should be. That's exactly right. It's like <laughs> you know what? I want the same but a little bit different here and there. Oh, a little bit different, but not a lot different because what I want is for things to not be different. <laughs> when I'm listening to a podcast and it's like Oh, this week's a live episode of the show. It's fucking I'm, weird. I'm just like, I'm going to turn my phone into a car wash. <laughs> I swear to God. You're going to order a bottled water from yeah. 7-Eleven and dump yeah. it on your phone. Yeah. I'm going to get that thing door dashed and I'm going to dash my phone against the rocks yeah. at the beach. Yeah. Yes. You're just it's not going to listen to it. No, I am not going to listen to it. I'm going to go, I will see you on Friday. I'll see you next Friday. Yeah. Show I like listening to because it's different. Well, well, here's what I like. Two podcasters. They got a good rhythm. And then they go on a little quest. They're like, uh, they're like, we're going to, we're going to try to raise some money this week for, uh, for uh, women, uh, for women in prison. Who don't have access to uh, sa uh, 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 sanitary products? Right, which is something that our podcast did, which is I love why that. I'm talking about it. And it's like, so this week, every time you donate blank, we'll do blank. But it's just that that's just a little bit different, right? And that's what I and I'll take because if it's not at all different, I feel like you're stagnating. I want to be. I want to know I'm going somewhere on this podcast journey, but the I don't want it to upgrade. The editing yes! upgrade. Yes. The, my my cover photo has changed five times since starting this podcast. And subtly, but it's only gotten better. Yeah. That's, uh, you know what? That's the kind of thing I like because it's like, oh, look at that. They're sprucing it up. Oh, they're trying a new thing. Oh, look at that. Oh, there's new music in the middle of the show. <laughs> Not at the beginning. Because <laughs> you can't ever fucking change that. You can't ever change that. I agree with you 100%. And that, and, and again, which brings us all the way back to the beginning, there's people and they're operating off the cuff. So, one guy talks about how his daughter can't open beans, and the next thing you know, my brother, my brother, and me has new opening music because that guy couldn't stay in his cuff. He had to go off the cuff. They changed the music for that? Real quick, real quick. So the 
the the you know the bean dad guy i do know the bean dad guy i also know that they found out he was a racist somehow or look i don't know if that's true but i immediately believed when you said it yeah i um so the bean dad guy did the original theme song for my brother and my brother and me and then the bean dad guy did and the bean dad guy got canceled and now now all of a sudden my brother and my brother and me has a hot new theme song oh no and it's like that's what happens when you go off the cuff I'm I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop in my career. This is it's a ticking time bomb. I will say though, before I'm canceled and we never talk again, I'm friends and have done plays and directed Drew Davenport. No Drew, way. Yeah, yes, yes. That's cool. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. That's very cool. And, and one of the coolest characters in the Adventure Zone. Davenport. Exactly. Yeah. He is. I know that you, if you were to meet him, you would be as taken with him as any everyone is. He's the, he's the sweetest, and he's very funny too. So that's just my little connection to that show. I don't, I never listened to them. Uh, I tried to because I knew he was on it years and years ago. Um, but say lovey, it just didn't. It never grabbed me. I, I came to it late, so it wouldn't. It didn't. It didn't catch me on the train. Yeah, same thing happened to me in Doctor Who. I'm like, oh. I'm like, hey, oh, you kids like this thing, huh? All right, I'll go see the. And I'm, so I'm watching the Doctor Who, and I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm just like, you know what? When I have, I'm sure, I'm like, I'm sure this is great. When I have more time, like when I'm retired, that's when I'm watching Torchwood, baby. That's what I'm getting into Jack Harkness. My 60s and 70s. Now I got the time to get into Jack Harkness. That's, but also you don't have to go. To Jack, you don't have to go to Torchwood. Really? I don't think I you need Torchwood. It's kind of but it's, it's kind of grown ups. Well, but it's but it's kind. I think it's like the fucking TV show with Captain Mrs. Carter, Piggy Carter, like that. I loved Agent Carter. You take that back. Or what's the other one? Shield, Shield. That's the one I'm talking about. That one week we don't need. I need to watch Carter. I haven't watched it. I would love to watch it. I'm talking about Shield. You, I got. Incredibly good news for you. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> you never have to watch Ages of Shield. <laughs> but what about the timeline? Uh, no, here's the is here's the thing. It's like it's like uh all right, so in um in uh, Captain America No 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 in Avengers two, Shield has been disbanded. But then you know what saves Sokovia? All of a sudden, Nick Fury shows up with a uh, helicarrier, and it's like, you know, well, where did he get that helicarrier from? Agent Coulson and Agents of Shield. Did you need to know that? No. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I assume Nick Fury has a helicarrier hidden somewhere. We don't need that information. He. It's actually kind of cooler if I don't know where. It's like. Oh, motherfucker, Nick Fury had a helicarrier the whole time, huh? Well, son of a bitch. This guy really is smart. He's, part of his eye was there the whole time, and he's got a helicarrier. Does he have a part of his eye? Yeah, because in Captain America 2, like, they think he's locked out of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Hydra takes over. But oh, then right. he can't get through a door, and he's like, yeah, I'm a secret agent, and here's one of my secrets. Oh. He's got part of his eye. How did I miss that? I don't... I don't I don't remember that. I don't recall yeah, that. That's fine. Have you ever met Hector Navarro? How is he related to our conversation? He's the reason why I watched all of the MCU. Who is he? Hector Navarro 
is the sweetest nerd. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Famous person for being a nerd nerd. Okay. He like worked with the nerdist and Geek and Sundry and he has a the reforged hero. He like talks to all the stars. He is the sweetest guy who I am who knows Joe Star also. Okay. Um well, that I'm convinced now, just in this brief moment that you need to you need to meet him. You will love Hector. Is he the guy that created Hero Forge? Yeah. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. He did not create Hero Forge. That's no, he's not that. But their their show is a uh, a uh, 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 Heroes Reforged, which it might be bad. <laughs> so they had a show on Hyper RPG and then they they created their own channel and their channel is Heroes Reforged. Cool. And they just talk about a bunch of stuff. And they're and Hector is the sweetest. And I met him and he said, You don't watch all the MCU? And I said, No. And he goes, I'm gonna give you my Blu-rays and we're gonna do each series. And every uh, each each, you know, series one, series three, and series two, and series three, you get to choose one movie you wanna watch at my house on three D. Right, he look. took me under his wing and helped me watch all of them. I'm gonna move us away from you talking about someone that even your guest doesn't know who they are. That's fair. I saw that new. I saw that new Doctor Strange movie. Okay. I was so fucking confused and angered by it. And here, oh, here's the thing. Oh, but you don't know who the Illuminati. I owned the comics that the Illuminati came from. The original Bendis run. I know who the Illuminati are. Oh, you, well, you're probably wondering why there's an African American Captain Marvel. You don't think I know that there's multiple Captain Marvels? My, you don't think I know who Monica Rambeau is? Well, you surely you don't understand why who American. I ha- I own the first appearance of America Chavez. You don't. Again, <laughs> and I'm I'm watching this goddamn movie. And it's like, and it's like, oh, the Scarlet Witch thought she had kids, but you don't have kids. And now she's angry. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Bendis' Avengers Disassembled. But it's like, you know what would have been nice? Showing me that instead of being like, <laughs> did you watch that uh, WandaVision show? No. Uh... Well, get ready for, <laughs> get ready for two and a half hours of references to it. You're making me do homework, movie. I went all the way to the Alamo Draft House, and you're telling me that like that I that there's DLC that I had to play first <laughs> before I understand. That's actually pretty fucked. Movie. You're, to- you're totally right about that. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen Wandavision. You haven't seen the. Doctor no, I saw Wandavision. I haven't seen the Doctor Strange. I have extrapolated what has happened, or I have a, a sense about what happened. So you're not saying anything that I'm upset about. Yeah. But I. I loved WandaVision, though, so I don't know that I would have begrudged it. I think you did it the right way. I don't think we need this Doctor Strange movie. I think we just needed the WandaVision. Sure, 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 sure. Were they? But are they trying to keep Doctor Strange relevant? Um, no, think- they're kind of using Doctor Strange as a way to introduce the multiverse because it's kind of like... But they did that also with Loki. Yeah, oh. And obviously with the new Spider-Man movie, it's like 
that it's it's a bell they're gonna keep ringing because when there's a multiverse and you're gonna love this as a, as a paid actress, when there's a multiverse, you can't be held hostage by an actor because it's you mean like like yeah. Ezra, what's his face? What's Ezra their face? Miller? Yeah, so yeah. You mean like that? Yeah. Oh, guess what? <laughs> Flash from Earth three. <laughs> he's he's here now. Yeah, yeah. Earth 3 Flash here. A person that doesn't terrorize Hawaiians. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and am I angry? No, because it's not different because it's like the thing I know. It's like right. the Flash. And also, you've now spent a TV show and two movies telling me there's a multiverse of madness. <laughs> but how many different ways can the multiverse be opened? Millions. That's not, I guess you're right. That's I guess thing. you're right. There's infinite. That's why it could, if you don't watch one of them, you can watch only one of them. I got it now. I'm mad on your behalf. I'm mad on your behalf as an act. Because here's the thing is what they clearly didn't like was that Robert Downey Jr. had them by the balls. Remember when Robert Downey Jr. like went to Disney and was like, you do have to pay my coworkers more. It's very awkward to be the only millionaire on set. Yeah. He went to Disney and he was like, you've got to pay these other Avengers more. It's weird when we hang out. And Disney was like, all right, all right, we'll do it. You fuck. But we're working (laughs) on a way to make it so that we can replace you with any other guy or lady like that. All of a sudden, Iron Man from from Dimension 2541 is going to come in here. He's gonna, Teenage he's, Tony Stark's going to show up. Yes. Yes. So I didn't realize that. That's fucked. That makes me even more angry at Disney. Yeah. But also, Robert Downey Jr. can do whatever the fuck he wants because well, he made that. That's, I am on the, you think, uh, I'm I don't on think the, you I'm are. down with Downey. I, I don't care that John Favreau cared. I don't care that Kevin Feige has a vision. No one's watching the first Iron Man movie that no one gave a fuck about yeah. if if Robert Downey Jr. isn't there. Yeah. Yes. Just to be just to, just to be fair. So you could he could do whatever the fuck he wants. Robert Downey Jr. went to Disney and he was like, I love this. You know you're expecting us to all to be in shape, but you're refusing to pay for our gym memberships. He's like, that's like $60. <laughs> he's like he's like Disney. Can you please? And they're like, "All right." But, they should but, pay for a trainer. Of course they the, should. It's a principle, and I love yeah. that principle. I yes. love that principle. Of course they should be paying for personal trainers. He made them meet him halfway on gym membership. <laughs> like, this is incredible. Yes. He is a real-life Tony Stark now, though, kind yes, of. Yes. We got to love that. But we got to love that. I'm going to – look, I'm going to point this out to you. Oh, no. If we didn't – and I swear to God, I swear to God – I just I want your take on this. Okay. If we didn't like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man so much, I don't think we'd be dealing with Elon Musk right now. I think the culture is so horny to create a real life fucking Tony Stark that like they started just painting this like daddy's little rich boy emerald mining asshole with the Tony Stark brush. What are your thoughts? I think my sister thinks Elon Musk is sexy. Well, I'm not saying it's not sexy. <laughs> but I'm just saying, saying he's an asshole. <laughs> I know. But don't you think we have a penchant towards 
um, a savior complex anyway. And yeah. he, like, I don't know that Tony Stark paves the way exactly to that. I think it offers a precedent. And in some, well, I don't know. I'm going to think on this because I don't want to say no outright because I don't think you're wrong. I think it's like the chaos theory, which where a bunch of things culminate into one thing that makes it reality. And does a Tony Stark mega fandom make this more possible? Absolutely. But was there always going to be a future trillionaire, whether it was Jeff Bezos or him? Sure. They're different, though. Bezos and Musk. Yeah, they're, di- they're different. We all Elon Musk is a futurist who's taking on the climate problem, blah, blah, bling. But the and Virgin guy was trying to do that, too. Do you know what I mean? The Virgin guy was fun, though. Yeah, I'm not saying he was a bad Vir- guy. I like the Virgin guy that Richard Brand. You knew the- he fucked and drank yeah. whiskey yeah. and then wanted to make the world a better place. <laughs> Kinda. Remember, speaking of sandbagging. Remember when he flew a hot air balloon around the world? No. That's what you should be doing. Oh. That's what Richard Branson did. The only reason Richard Branson isn't still Richard Branson is that he's probably dead. Like, he was old when he got famous. We got, like, 20 more years of Elon Musk at least. We probably have a digital uploading of Elon Musk already. You, You know what? If that's what the singularity is, then maybe I don't want to live forever. I don't want it. I don't you want it. Don't want the singularity. I don't want upload. I don't want to upload. You I don't want to. If upload. you can't guarantee, I so someone said this to me. If it does, so I here's the thing. This is what initially puts me off on it. Okay. If I can't guarantee that my actual consciousness and my actual soul is going to be transferring to the upload, yeah. Why would I want that? Now, the argument someone posited back to me was doesn't matter then that like if it does it doesn't matter you either die and your consciousness gets uploaded or you die and it doesn't and then that copy of you gets to go on and that theory i agree with it's pointless to me but imagine if you were gonna die before you found out how mad men ended imagine how how fucking pissed off you'd be I hate that you just brought that up because it's the only thing I think about when I, I think know. about dying. I'm like, well, what are the movies that are going to come out in 2028? Am I going to be sad that I can't go to the theater yeah. and see that film if I'm going to die? It's 100% the, the thing that scares me the most. Here's my question, though, Asterios. If that's what you're really worried about, would you exchange your life right now in this moment? Would you exchange it right now if you got to know everything about the world? How <laughs> right now? This is a deathbed decision. I know. Right But now, it's the same fucking thing. It's the same thing. I'm on a life bed right now. My then, bed is alive with possibilities. But I no. want... To, well, I ask you this because I would love to know everything's going to happen in this universe. And if someone said, I'll strike you dead right now, you get to know everything that happened. I'd be like, okay. What do you want to know? That I'll just How, tell you what'll happen. That there are aliens. What they yes, look like. Yes, there's aliens. I want to know them, and I want to hang out in space, and I want to experience what it's like to be on Mars, and I want to know all these things. I want to be omnipotent. They're probably boring. Probably is. If the aliens were cool, they would have found us by now. 
The fact that they that they're not looking means they're probably pretty boring and insular. Which is us, essentially. Yes, but at least we try. Remember in the 90s when we all turned our computers into SETI telescope helping no, things? I don't remember that. And it was a thing in the 90s that we did where well, it was a screensaver. It was for SETI, the search for extraterrestrial life, SETI. Oh, my God. It was a screensaver you would download, and it was like, <laughs> while your computer, it was like, leave your computer on. And then while the screensaver is running, it'll use your processing, the, your computer spare processing power to decrypt satellite signals and search for anomalies that could be clues. Did to, it actually do that? I mean, it tried. It didn't find that's anything. That's amazing. It tried real hard. That's that's the kind of hopefulness I want. That's a world I want to live in. It's like the good kind of crypto. Is that's good. Cri- that's good crypto. We were still burning a lot of energy, but it yes. was for something cool. It's a great. You know what? If we go to clean energy, and one of the concerns about clean energy is producing too much energy that you can't use because you can't control when you get the energy. Yeah. Use it that way. Yes. Okay. Now, unfortunately, Elon Musk is. <laughs> Is listening. He's solving the problem with his batteries, which I don't like. Because this guy's making batteries. And it's like, as much as I hate to admit it, we really could use some house-sized batteries. Like He's not wrong. Uh, he's not. Uh, the worst person so, you know just made an excellent point. Hate it when that happens. Because a broken clock's right twice a day. Also, bringing us back to the very beginning, his take on Amber Heard and Johnny Depp was... <gasps> Maybe the most nuanced and take and agreeable take I found. What he was, was like, it? He was like, these two, these are two people in pain, and like uh, they both have a lot of work to do on themselves. Wow, wow! And it's like, what? Where? How come you can't do this all the time? <laughs> like, how come you're? How come like you're spending the rest of your time trying to get us all go, to go back in the office and calling comedy woke? Like. We're having a little bit of nuance there, Elon Musk, but I guess nuance don't get clicks. It doesn't, especially when you're trying to sell Dogecoin. Asterios, uh, this is it. Not for our friendship, but for the podcast. I know. That's why I've been bringing us around this whole time. You're doing such a great job. I brought us from Z back to A. Amodium D. You're damn welcome. (laughs) What is one thing... You wish you changed about me in this podcast today. Nothing. This but is you, what? Huh? Well, no, because now I'm thinking about my Twitch persona, but we'll unpack that another time. What? What's... No, just real quick. What? <laughs> what, do you, what about your Twitch persona? <laughs> that I'm off Twitch the cuff. Person? You don't like that I'm off the cuff. I know for a fact that you know what you're doing on it's Twitch. It's true. I do. You're I actually, you know thank you. I appreciate doing. that. I get insecure though, and I test people, and I'm working on it, and I'm happy to have, I just said this to my boyfriend you who's- You quiz people. You don't I, test Ooh, people. I like that. You quiz. You're fine. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down because I'm gonna tell my therapist that. Yeah. I told my boyfriend who's very pragmatic and literal, yeah. but also sweet and dorky and all that. I said, I said to him, I need more information than less, usually. Yeah. So that's why I tend to ask for clarification. Because the less information I have, the more I'll fill in the blanks. Right. 
with and trash. That, and, exactly. And my head can be trash. So with the wrong answer. A hundred percent. What is then one thing you want our audience to walk away from today? With today. I want to thank you for supporting this Jessica character. She's trying her best and she seems real nice. <laughs> she's real funny. And it's like, uh, and she's putting good stuff out there. You keep listening to this show. All right. Even if there's like some kind of boring guest on sometimes and it's like, is this like a, does she want this guy's manager or something? Why is this guy on the show? Like, oh just God. give her a pass. Give her a pass. She's net. Well, see us. Occasionally she Who will do networking on her show. Occasionally there will be networking. Who but did that's you think just was the boring? business, baby. The loudest podcast.com. Great. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye, <laughs> That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verney merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already, consider becoming a Patreon member. You can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.